Welcome to Living with Victory Ministries podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Teague's Grocery and Corner Cafe at 130 Soco Road in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. In a moment, Lorene and Tony Giorgio. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening, keep looking up and grab your umbrella, get ready to sing in the Welcome to Living with Victory, where life isn't about waiting for the storms to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain with perseverance and faith, above all, in Jesus Christ. Hey, good morning. This is Tony Giorgio with another segment of Living with Victory. And remember, just quickly, if you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you and see if we are helping you along in your walk with Christ. We'd love you to give us a call at 828-926-4600 or livingwithvictory at gmail.com. Send us an email, okay? And without further delay, I want to introduce my wonderful co-host, Laureen, and she has the word of the day and the lesson. Hi, Laureen. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm just great. I really am great. I'm going to talk about something today that really God has put on my heart in such a very, very special way. In fact, he woke me up one morning about three o'clock and I woke up praying about being holy, that he is holy and we should be holy and not to forget that he is holy. You know, when I woke up the next day, I always read my utmost for his highest. That was September 1st. And the title of that passage is Destined to be Holy. I knew God was trying to tell me something. And part of what's in my utmost says the only thing that truly matters is whether a person will accept the God who will make him holy. At all costs, a person must have the right relationship with God. God has only one intended destiny for mankind, and that is holiness. He created us to be holy. In 1 Peter 1, 15 through 19 says, But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all conduct and manner of living. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call upon him as your father who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourselves with true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on the earth, whether long or short. 
you must know that you were redeemed, transformed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition for your forefathers, not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. It is true that he was chosen and foredained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundation of the world. But he was brought out to public view in these last days at the end of the times for the sake of you and me. And I'm so grateful for that. Because of that, he deserves our holiness. I don't know how you feel, but today I don't think we have that holiness. I don't think we have that full holiness for him. I just want to read a little bit here. I have the root word for holy in the New Testament. It is a Greek word, hagias, and it means set apart, reverend, and reverend means awe and fear, sacred, and worthy of veneration. Now, veneration is a very strong word. It means religious zeal, unquestionably believe in your God and beliefs. This word really applies to God because God himself is totally holy. It also means other, separate, sacred, transcendent, and set apart for every created thing. Since God is spirit, this is why the third person of the Trinity is called the Holy Spirit. He too was fully God, and all three persons of the Trinity are holy and have the weight of glory abounding in them. I think that's such a beautiful thing. I, I don't know. I, I just feel that we're not giving God the, the reverence and the fear of God has become so watered down. God isn't one big Santa Claus. He didn't die just for us to have things that we need on this earth. He does love us for that, but he's holy. In the Bible, he is, uh, they're always saying in, in threes, holy, holy, holy. When Christ was on earth and he mentioned a name twice, that meant that it was important enough to say that name twice. Saul, Saul, Peter, Peter, verily, verily. In other words, pay attention. When you say it three times, that's way off the charts because God is off the charts. God is so sacred and so high above us that we can't even imagine who he is. I don't know. I, I think we get so used to praying to God to meet our needs that we forget he is a holy God. As he says, we are to speak holy. We are to dress holy. Everything in our life should have that holiness in mind. We should concentrate on who he is and think of that holiness in everything we do. When we drive into the parking lot of his home, we should feel that holiness. 
not waiting till we walk into the church, into his home, but to carry that holiness with us 24-7 and to just bring it and be that, just be what he wants us to be. He is holy. He wants us to be holy. We can never attain his holiness. I'm not saying that. But to keep our speech holy, to keep our thoughts holy, to bring everything that we do under his holiness. He is holy. The word itself kind of wants to make you fall to your knees when you pray or get on your face to pray and ask him for anything that, you know, we are needing. But he's not a big genie that we rub and and get whatever we want. We're there to love him as the holy God that he really is. I, I just wanted to bring that out because... I know in a lot of churches, the word altar has been replaced with platform or stage. When they had an altar call, it was to the altar. And to me, the altar is a sacred, holy place. And when I was a musician, you got up on the stage and you played. It wasn't the altar. And when I was a child, I know coming from a whole different background that when you walked into the church, there was silence and reverence. There wasn't all this gossiping and and talking going on and like you're waiting for the show to start. And, And today we've lost all that. I know the excuses were in the 21st century, but look at us in the 21st century. Where have we gone? He was holy in the Old Testament. He's holy in the New Testament. He will be holy forever, and he never changes. So if he doesn't change, why should our holiness towards him change? We've gotten so intellectual and so smart that We think we're outsmarting our God, and we're thinking that we could figure him out. And a lot of this theology is is gone haywire because of the teaching that we're getting. And it's just book learning, but in your hearts, you, you haven't a clue if you close that book. You're closing the book that the professor gave you, and you open the book that he gave us and read it. Wow, boy, would you learn something rather than nothing. But right now, I want to remind you, take the time that if you want to contact us, okay? Again, I hope you have something to write with. If not, don't worry about it. It'll be coming again. You can email us at livingwithvictory at gmail.com. That's livingwithvictory at gmail.com. Let us know how you like it, how you like the program. If if you have any requests of any kind, it's fine, prayer. Also, our website, livingwithvictory.org, you can go on that, send us a message and find out more about us. Or if you'd like to call us, you know, you can call 828-926-4600. Leave a message. We will get back to you. 
Okay. We are bombarded so much by the advertising, billboards, even just people around us who don't think about a holy God. I think we have to do that on purpose for ourselves. So we have to stop and remember who it is that we are serving, that he is a holy God in everything that we do. Because, you know, even coming to him in a prayer just to ask for things and not giving him the respect, coming to him in the awe and, and that reverence, sometimes you have to ask yourself, why aren't my prayers being answered? Maybe you're just not coming to him with the proper attitude. We've got, in, got into a modernistic God, you see. He has to fit us and our lifestyles. And that's not God. God never changes. From the beginning of time, he is the same. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, like we're saying, you know, he doesn't change. We're changing. And we're trying to change him, and he's not going to change. And he's going to have the last say. We're not, no matter how much we rewrite the book, we have different translations, we do whatever we can to fit us, and you can't do it. And walking in the church with your shorts on and with your headbands on and unshaven and looking, you can tell what generation I come from, I understand that. But there's a limit to that. When you approach somebody you respect, you make sure you take a shower. Well... We, we haven't showered when we walked into church. We've stopped showering, mm-hmm. and it's time to take that shower. And maybe if you were showered with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't think about walking in on His presence. Some people look in the way they look, and I, I'm not, you know, some people can't help that. But when you take the freedom... And think that you can be and do and act the way you want in front of a holy God. Well, you're missing the mark. You're really missing the mark. And the disrespect that is shown in this now called auditorium, churches are are passe. So we, we have to make everybody in the younger generations feel more like home, like they're at a Beatles concert or a, a Waggy Tail concert. I don't care what you call them. It's pathetic. It's sacrilege. We got to get back here in this country to what it was. And that's not old fashioned. That's respect. Respecting God, His Son who died on a cross for us, and the Spirit who's trying to help us. We've lost it all. We in this country are sinking because we are turning into a godless society. We've taken our senior generation and pretty much stepped on them as if they were nothing and know nothing. We have it where it came from in that book, and we were brought up by it, but everybody seems to think that we need newness. And we need the screaming and the yelling in the worship service and the shorts and come as you are 
and, and the words that don't make any sense, but we're praising the Lord. Well, in my opinion, you're not doing anything but fooling yourself. I know that most of the people we're speaking to right now are probably in Tony and my generation. I'm 69, he's 73. We were brought up to revere our Lord. I'm glad I was brought up that way. I'm glad that, you know, we sang the old hymns and because they mean so much to me that when I'm feeling down, uh, they minister to me. They are holy. Being older, I, I just want to encourage you to not be quiet, you know, because you have something that God has given you that I believe your grandchildren and the young people today have not gotten. And I really feel it's a privilege to tell them about the God that you grew up with, that he is a holy God, and how they should revere him, and how they should love him, and how God brought you through, because you're still here when Satan tried to take you out and how they can trust him. And really, you know, you have a lot to give. Don't hesitate to open your mouth and tell your grandchildren or even their friends that, you know, the God that you were taught to serve. Because I'm sure that as they go through life, because they're in a time when life is going to be a lot harder for them to go through than it was for us, as, as hard as it was, they're going to need to know the God they could really hang on to. Amen. And you know, I have nothing against the younger generation because I'm a youngster myself in mind. It just seems to me that We've left it too much to our schools, our teachers, and our government to teach our children. And you can see what's happening. We've come to uh, learn that in in a younger generation, uh, well, the Holocaust may not have, uh, you know, occurred. Uh, God's a myth. Uh, the tree is God. You're a God. You're self-made, you're self-taught, you're self-this. It's a selfie generation. But woe to those who do not understand that they wouldn't be here breathing if it wasn't for the almighty God who sent his son down to die. Whether you like that or not, Jesus Christ is real. He was flesh and blood. He is flesh and blood. He's still with us. And this country has no idea what they're doing by making it seem like God is secondary to everything we do. And the schools are, are taking him out. Some of the churches are taking out some versions of the Bible. I mean, it's, it's getting nauseating. I, I hate to be that strong about it. But, you know, I see it coming. It's not good. After 73 years, we are in the worst place we've ever been in this country because the one thing that held us together was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's not happening. 
You know, I'm just going to read verse 17 again of First Peter. If you call upon him as your father who judges each one impartially. Now, if you call upon him as your father, daddy, my holy, holy, holy father, come before him that way. According to what he does, he is a loving, merciful father, but he also does get angry. When we say we're Christian, Christian, when you say you're Christian, that means Christ-like. And we should be as he is, holy. How are we respecting our Lord? How are we showing respect for him when we go out and talk to other people that don't know him? Or ones who know him and have put him on the back burner? We all have loved ones in our families that haven't accepted Christ or who have said, oh, Christians are all hypocrites, you know, they talk one way, they live another. That hurts God because we're to be his ambassadors and representatives. And I just want everybody to really think think about this and get back to being a little bit old-fashioned. I think we need to get back to holiness and let God know that we do love him and thank him for all that he's given us, how he's protected us. We can't even take the next breath without him. You know, we need to let him know that we know that and that we appreciate him and we love him for everything and who he is and what he's done on that cross and make that relationship the closest and foremost concentrate on that relationship and not let it go and make that the first thing. Don't keep your mouths closed because you think you're too old and nobody's going to listen to you. Satan wants you to keep your mouth closed because you have something that you can give. And your grandchildren and their children and their children are going to need that. I have to say, my grandmother, I am so grateful for her because I would not be here talking to you right now if she did not take her stand back when. So now it's up to us to take our stand for him and give the best we can to the people we love. Amen. I hope we've brought the point across. I think it's just a little bit upsetting when you see what's going on in this country and what they're trying to do to the God Almighty. I think it's time to take that stand for all concerned and especially for his namesake. That is extremely important that you don't take a back seat anymore, or we're finished. We're finished as a country, and we're going to lose our religious freedoms. And I think the Holy of Holies should not suffer again at the hands of man because man feels that they are created equally to God. They are not. We are not. 
Revelation 4, 8. And the four living creatures individually, having six wings, were full of eyes all over and within. And the day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, omnipotent, who was and who is and who is to come. Amen. So remember, let's get back on track as Christians and as seniors. We're not finished. Far from it. Till he calls us home, you get out there and voice your opinion. We all have a job to do. It's time for us to take that stand for him. You can become a Living with Victory Ministries patron with a monthly donation of $5 or more. Simply go to livingwithvictory.podbean.com. That's livingwithvictory.podbean.com. And click on the PayPal button. Thanks for listening. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening.